it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gut. together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the B-O-C Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and friend request, and I will most likely give you one in return. We're here to talk what else but wrestling. Uh, it's been an interesting couple weeks in the world of wrestling. We did not get to broadcast last week, unfortunately, due to uh, the big Midwest storm you might have heard about. The derecho was basically just like an inland hurricane, so it knocked out my power. So I was not able to broadcast here from uh, King David Lane Studios here. So uh, I was without power for about a little bit over 24 hours. Luckily, I do have a, a portable generator, so after a few hours when that did not kick in, I ended up turning it in, so I was able to save my food. Uh, I just alternated it with my fridge and freezer. Uh, I probably waited too long to do it on the fridge, though, because turns out I learned after the fact you're supposed to, like, you know, have that backup power for a fridge for four hours and a freezer for 48. So I made it within the 48 for the freezer, but I did I went well over the limit for the <laughs> for the uh, refrigerator food. So, but luckily, so far I've not died from any of my food. So, fingers crossed, I will continue to not die for eating food that should have been thrown out. So, anyway, I'll give you details on that <laughs> later on. If I should die, I probably won't tweet about it this time. Although I do tweet about a lot of different stuff. But at any rate, uh, that's enough about that. I am joined by. No one right now. Maybe the Colts will check in. Maybe they won't. But if not, this is actually a show. Since we didn't have a show last week, I might have a couple hours worth of stuff to talk to on the solo show if I need to. But anyway, we'll we'll go ahead and get right into it. Uh, we were going to start the show like we were going to start last week with a little bit of a retrospective and some thoughts on Kamala and his gear uh, and his death. Unfortunately, he passed away. Uh but then uh, there's some more pressing things from this week that I want to go ahead and get into. We're still going to discuss Kamala and his career in a little bit. We're going to do our SummerSlam predictions as well as some other things in the world of wrestling. I got a uh, some great information from uh, Mr. I believe his name is Levy Margolin. Uh, I hope I did not butcher his name, but Levy Margolin, uh, at Levy Mark, that's at, at L-A-V-I-E-M-A-R-G, uh, 
sent out a nice little information about some of these YouTube subscriber growth for some of the pro wrestling uh, accounts. So we're going to get into that a little bit later, but he did tweet it out. So I want to make sure I give him lots and lots of credit for him. Uh, he's also the book of a, the author of a book called Trump media that you can get on Amazon. So definitely come check us out. He's tweeted some good stuff. I actually was not aware of him until a little while ago. It just happened. Somebody retweeted him on one of my wrestling uh, list on Twitter. And I was like, okay, let me check this guy out. And he, provide some good information. We'll get into that a little bit later. <clears throat> First, we're going to talk about, though, this breaking story that really broke earlier today, however. Uh, TMZ reported WWE star Sonya Deville was targeted in an alleged kidnapping plot, arrest made at her home. This broke 625 Pacific time, which would have been 825 Central, uh, 925 Eastern. Uh, I'm not going to bother giving you the mountain time. <laughs> Odds are, if you're on Mountain Time, you've already used to doing the math from stuff that happened every other time. So, so I'm not going to bother giving the time. Or you could just use your context clues by the numbers I just gave. You can figure out what Mountain Time is because I gave the other three time zones that are mainly in America. But anyway, apparently Philip A. Thomas, and we're, we got to put allegedly on this because he's been arrested, but uh, he has not been convicted or anything, you know, innocent until proven in a court of law is the standard we use. So we'll say allegedly. He had allegedly been planning this move for eight months. Uh, it was reported by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office in Lust, Florida. They arrested him. He's a 24-year-old gentleman. He allegedly went to the house. He's allegedly in a stuff's van who was armed with a knife, zip ties, and duct tape. His mugshot is available if you want to check that out on the uh, TMZ site and also provided courtesy of the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Uh, according to TMZ, he parked his car at a nearby church late Saturday night, walked to a house where he cut a hole in a patio screen, waited for several hours, then entered the residence about 2.45. Uh, when he tried to enter the rest of the house, that set off a house alarm, which startled the veal. And once she realized it was intruder, she fled to home with another person and called 911. When cops arrived, Thomas was still there. He was arrested for attempted armed kidnapping, armed burglary, aggravated stalking, and misdemeanor criminal mischief. According to the cops, he was an excess fan on a mission to inflict harm. Uh, and this is a quote from the uh, Hills County Sheriff's Office. Our deputies are, un are veiling a mass disturbing session with this homeowner who... He had never met the stalking on social media for years. It's frightening to think all the ways this incident played out had the alarm alarm not going off and alert the homeowner of an intruder. Our deputies arrived within minutes and arrested this man who's clearly on a mission to inflict harm. Uh, she did later comment on Twitter. Thank you, everyone, for your love and concern. A very frightening experience, but thankfully, everyone is safe. A special thank you to Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office for their response and assistance. Uh, so where do we start with this? Uh, if assuming the story is true, this was a disturbed individual who had a very, very unhealthy obsession, obsession with her allegedly. Uh, this is something that many celebrities have to deal with and many women and people in general have to deal with. Like I said, it's not limited to celebrities. It's not completely limited to women, but it's, it seems to happen for them awfully that it's uh, obviously that it's men, crazy women 
uh, crazy men who try to kidnap women. As a general rule, for the most part, even if a woman's stalking you, she probably won't try to kidnap you. That's usually not the way that goes. I'm not saying that women don't stalk men. I'm just saying the the plans tend to be very, very different when the cases when those do happen. So, uh, but at any rate, uh, this is something that uh, many celebrities and many women have to be on the lookout for. Uh, obviously, celebrities with the notoriety, there, there's no more people who are aware of them. Uh, so luckily, she did have a home alarm, and luckily, it did alert her that somebody had broken into her house. Uh, glad she's all right. But like I said, this, this is one of the things. Like I said, as much as fame is, can be wonderful in a lot of ways, it's not a perfect thing. There's plenty of downsides to fame, and unfortunately, Sonya Deville learned this is one of the downsides. If she wasn't aware already, at least she learned that. If she was aware already, then this just adds to the list. But uh, luckily, she did not seem to be hurt. Her friend was not hurt. They did capture the man they believe is responsible for this. Uh, he was found in a house by the police, according to the police department. Uh, so we can only hope that uh, he's locked up and kept up the streets for a very long, very long time. Odds are he does have some mental health issues, but still, uh, if he's if he's he needs to be com- confined somewhere. If it's not if prison is not the best thing for him to get treatment, then he deserves to be put in a mental health facility and kept there a long way, way long time because uh, this shall not fly. But most importantly, everything worked out where nobody was hurt hurt physically hurt at least. Like I said, uh, mentally. Hopefully she doesn't have too many problems with this, but you know it, it would it would not surprise me if this creates an issue for somebody because you know if you, somebody breaks in your house, your house is the one place you're supposed to feel safe. So once somebody you know invades that, not to mention the fact that he was able to figure out where she lived. I don't know you know what sort of restrictions she is you know measures or if any she's taking a you know hide her residence or a lot of the WWE stars do, but. uh Unfortunately, whatever measures that were taken were were not enough. So uh, I'm willing to bet this is something that WWE uh, might have a HR might have a talk with some of the superstars just you know to help them, you know if, if they need to possibly shield where their residency is or you know take precautions or install security systems they don't have them already. But this is luckily this is a very very potentially scary incident. Uh, didn't reserve result in an even worse outcome. So we're glad she's all right. And uh, that's really all I can say about that. Like I said, it's really, really a rough thing for her experience and to talk about. So I'm glad she's all right. Uh, Moving on from that, uh, we also had the, uh, there was a big story. This is more of a last week's story, but unfortunately we didn't get the broadcast last week. So I'm sorry if you've had your feel of, Kamala retrospectives, but I'm going to go ahead and give you my take. Uh, James Arthur Harris, also known as Kamala, was born May 28, 1950, passed away August 9, 2020. Uh, he was nicknamed the Ugandan Giant. Uh, he often portrayed a fearsome and simple uh, Ugandan character. Uh it was kind of a, 
Well, I'll get into that. I'll get into that aspect a little bit second, but I'll go ahead and discuss what I'm talking about now. Uh, I'll go ahead and get into biography first, and then get into some of my thoughts on it a little bit later. But uh, he, he was basically best known for his appearances with WWF in the '80s and the '90s. I first experienced him in uh, World Class Championship Wrestling. Uh, but he started his career early on in 1978. He actually wrestled under the name Sugar Bear Harris. He wrestled mostly in the South. Uh, by the way, he was born in uh, Mississippi, and he passed away in Mississippi. So he started there, ended there. But uh, he was first, he, he did most of his early career in the Southern United States. He was also used the names Ugly Bear Harris and Big Jim Harris. His first manager actually was Percy Priggle. You probably might know him better as uh, The Undertaker's Paul Bearer. Uh, he won his first championship in NWA Tri-State in 1979, teaming with Oki Shikini, Shikina, winning the uh, Tri-State Tag Team Championships. He later joined Southeast Championship Wrestling as Bad News Harris, and he won the NWA Southeastern Heavyweight Championship in 1980. Eventually, they they went him, they let him go to Europe so he can get a little bit uh, more experience. Did a stint in Germany, just in the UK, wrestled for joint promotions as the Mississippi Mauler. Although this is sort of where the uh, beginning came to the whole Kamala character. It wasn't quite the Kamala character just yet, but uh, it was sort of the start to it. He did later uh, compete in WWA in a tournament for the WWA World Heavyweight Championship. He lost to Wayne Bridges in the final. By the way, I want to thank most of this information is coming from Wikipedia. So, yes. Uh. He did wrestle in Continental Wrestling Association, 1982. He wrestled in Mid-South later in 1982 as well. Again, like I said, he did he did a lot of his early stuff in Mississippi. Uh, when he first got the Continental Wrestling Association, that's where the Kamala character truly took shape even more so. He's sort of been experimenting with the character for a little bit. It was originally Kimala. K-I-M-A-L-A later became Kamala changed the spirit. Uh Basically, Vicious, you got in Headhunter, Face and Body Pay copy from, the, <laughs> copy from a painting. He was supposedly also a former bodyguard for uh, Idi Amin, who had been discovered by J.J. Dillon during the service in Africa. <laughs> Why J.J. Dillon would be in Africa, that's a separate question. That, that doesn't make sense to me at all. <laughs> By the way, why would any, uh, at the time, why would any wrestler <laughs> be in Africa? I don't think R- Professor Wrestling was big in Africa at that time. I, and I, didn't, I don't feel like Africa was a big vacation destination at the time either. So, uh, anyway, on WMC-TV, uh, they featured a little vignette uh, with him with a spear coming from a, allegedly an <laughs> African jungle. The best part is they actually filmed this on Jer- Jeff Jarrett's, uh, Jerry Jarrett's rather, farm in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and they used a steam effect with dry ice. And he used a brawling style with chops and body. Uh, they even preserved kayfabe in the area. He wore robes and refused to speak English while he was in public in Memphis. So, uh, in June of 82, he did beat uh, Jerry Lawler uh, for the AWA Southern Heavyweight Championship, which he held until August. 
There was also an imposter Kamala too <laughs> that he feuded with. By the way, uh, which is odd because allegedly, according to the Wikipedia link, it was uh, Uncle the guy who was later known as Uncle Elmer in WWF. Uh, I have no idea exactly how they pulled that, how they were expected to pull that off. I wonder if there, like I said, he doesn't mention any back blackface or anything like that, but uh. I have no idea what was going on with that. I, I I wish, like I said, I hadn't I hadn't seen this part of the bio until just now. <laughs> I wish I had more information on this. In fact, I'll probably do do this in the future if I can find some more information about this because this is a fascinating. This would be a fascinating thing to talk about how they pulled off Oklahoma being a copy of Kamala. I literally have no idea how this would happen. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put a pin in this and try to come back to this at some point in the future, but I can't cover that part right now. But anyway, he later he wrestled uh World Class Championship Wrestling. He had a feud with the Von Eric family. Uh he regularly re- wrestled David, Kerry, and Kevin. He also faced the great kabuki of the David uh Von Eric Memorial Parade of Champions. And he was with the company we're able to eighty five. Uh, he did. He did uh, make a appearance in WWF in 1984, and uh, he allegedly had a well, not allegedly. He was managed by Freddie Blass. He had a mass quote handler doing Safari Nerds Friday. Apparently, a lot of different people played that character. He he allegedly devoured a live chicken, although it was a cutaway shot of feather flying his mouth to create the illusion. Uh, Tuesday Night Titans back in the day on WWE programming. He later left uh, WWE and competed in a bunch of federations. Then he came back in 1986, managed by the the Wizard and a mass captain named Kinchi, which was actually Steve Lombardi, better known as the Brooklyn Brawler. He uh, feuded with Hogan from November 86 to February 87. Later performed a tag team with the Wild Simon Sika. Had a feud with Jake Roberts, as well as some other things. And then uh, he left in 1987, uh, frustrated with his pay. He later went to the uh, world class again, wrestling USWA and some various promotions. Had another run in WWF in 92 to 93. Kim G and Harvey Wolfman as his managers. Eventually, uh, after Kim G and Wimple, Harvey Wolfman began mistreating him, he aligned himself with the Reverend Slick, who set out to, quote, humanize Kamala. And I'm doing the air quotes with the humanized part. They had him bowl. He had a series of matches with Bam Bam Bigelow. They were supposed to fight each other at WrestleMania 9, but that was officially canceled. It's for some reason, uh, around that time, he was supposed to be in a Royal Rumble match, but apparently Virgil replaced him as an alternate. He left WWE. He left WWF at the time again, began working as a truck driver. He did have another short run in uh, WCW in 1985 as part of the Dungeon of Doom. Again, Dungeon of Doom, terrible stables. It was just the wrong time for it, like we mentioned previously. <laughs> and then he had a few he had a few brief runs here and there uh, later on. He had a run in USWA again. Uh, he had a run, you know, some appearance with WWF, Dutch slash WWE, Gimmick Battle Royal, WrestleMania 17. 
he had a few appearances from 2004-2006. He was sort of in and out from 2002 to 2010. He was actually married to his wife, uh, Sheila Stouffer, from 74 to 2005. Later got married to Melissa Guzman later on. Uh, he unfortunately suffered from complications from high blood pressure and diabetes, and in 2011, uh, he had his... Uh, Left leg amputated below the knee. Uh, he also had to retire, according to Wikipedia, because he did not accept dialysis treatment. Uh, in 2012, his right leg was amputated below the knee. And he also told the Bridge Report in 2014 he was relying on disability, uh, selling homemade wooden chairs, and recently written a book about his knife. Uh, he was part of a, the 2016 lawsuit against WWE. Uh, that stated WWE could seal risk of injury. He later had a life-saving emergency surgery clinical fruit around his heart and lungs. The hospital in Oxford, uh, Mississippi. He did eventually uh, contract COVID-19 and was hospitalized. And he had finally accepted the dialysis. He had been going uh, for a while at that point. Uh, they believed he got it at one of the dialysis centers. He eventually went into cardiac arrest and then died later that afternoon at the age of 70. So uh, rest in peace, uh, Kamala. Definitely led a, you know, relative, you know, unfortunately like diabetes, diabetes, uh, affliction that affects a lot of people. Uh, all things considered, considering the numerous health problems he had over the years, I guess 70 was a nice run for that. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, you know, he, she, she shouldn't have wanted to live longer, tried to live longer, but I'm saying under under circumstances, that's a pretty long run. Being a larger sized man with diabetes and living that long. Uh, this is, I think, the first time we've sort of had wrestling and COVID-19 directly uh, Effect as far as the fatality, we've had we've had a few wrestlers and other uh, WWE and other wrestling personnel uh, test positive for it, but I think this is the first person that I'm aware of that actually took their life or contributed to their life taking. Sometimes you can't necessarily know exactly what the direct cause of death is when you have several different underlying conditions. But again, he's one of the people that you talked about when we talk about underlying conditions increasing the risk. Uh, that's kind of what uh, we mean by it. You know, people with diabetes and some other conditions uh, at a higher risk and unfortunately uh, passing away. He did have, I, I did want to mention one of the tragic events in his life prior to him passing away. In 93, he had to leave a WWF tour when his youngest sister and her stepdaughter were shot dead. The person killed them attempted suicide, but ended up disfiguring himself. So, he pushed for the man's arrest and conviction, and the man was later sentenced to life in prison, and he died in 2013. So he did go on to help and raise uh, the niece that passed away. I believe that might have been the niece that he lived with when he moved back to Mississippi, but I can't say for 100% sure. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, uh, personally, I never had any problem with James Harris. He seemed like a good enough guy, decent guy. You feel for the sort of sort of – Different tragedies he had to go through in his life, birth, 
personal health wise and with his family and you know being murdered and whatnot. I was never ever comfortable with the Kamala game. Even before I knew wrestling was quote uh, you know a gim- it was it was a gimmick, it was worked, it was scripted. Even before I knew that I was never completely comfortable with Kamala. <laughs> I didn't necessarily, as a kid, didn't necessarily know why, because I was probably, I guess I was probably around 10 years old at the time when I first uh, saw the character, so I was never completely comfortable with the character. I became way even less comfortable with it once I knew that wrestling was at work, and I'm like, wait a minute, so you're playing this character? (laughs) This is based on every stereotype that every... uh, (laughs) less than what person in the country has. <laughs> so I was like, I made it, I was really uncomfortable with it. I became even more comfortable with it, especially as I got older and older. And then you saw the later sporadic appearances with WWE, like in the early 2000s, like, no, nah, we're still doing this. <laughs> so no, I was not exactly through with that character. Like I said, it, it, I guess some characters can sort of be based on stereotypes and you look at them differently. There's other, I guess, like, you know, even within, like, you know, the, quote, stereotypes that black people have had over the years, they sort of changed and evolved over the years. That was more of an old school, and I don't think too many people, you know, that might be listening to the show that are, like, under 30 have really seen, you know, that sort of stereotype or have that in their, embedded in their brains. It was one of those stereotypes that was sort of, you know, dying out within the wider range of various stereotypes that people have about black people for people just slight, maybe slightly younger than me and just about my age. But it always made me uncomfortable. And I was never really thrilled, especially as, as I got, became an adult. So it kind of, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, all money is not good money. <laughs> I don't think that was one of those good money uh, characters. So interesting part is though, he did leave WWE after dispute with money. So I was like, Okay. At any rate, uh, uh, rest in peace to the man. Like I said, I, I don't have, like I said again, I don't have any personal problems. But I was just never comfortable with the character, and became even less comfortable as I got older with it. So uh, that's all I have to say about the subject right now. So anyway, coming up, we got a lot more to talk about in the world of wrestling. I'm rolling solo at the moment, but I hear Chris might be checking in just a bit. You're listening. To wrestling with problems on VLCNation.com, Stitcher, iTunes, and very, very or various other apps. But uh, thanks for listening. Anyway, we're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and take a break. So uh, don't touch the imaginary dial that doesn't exist because this is the internet. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at nine. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm, and you are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. 
Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. Yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. And we're back with Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and friend request, and I'll most likely give you a return. By the way, you might want to get some really good content on my Instagram account. Uh, I decided to compete in the Olympics. I know a lot of people thought the Olympics were canceled. They were not. Unfortunately, a lot of the competitors, you know, decided not to show up because of something called the coronavirus. So, uh... I did not have a lot of competition in a lot of the contests, but I decided I was going to compete in as many events as I get. So go to Instagram. You can see various footage of me competing in all the events. It's also available on my Tumblr and Twitter, although Instagram is a better place because, you know, you don't have to click a, click a link as much to do it, to look at the individual pictures. So definitely check it out. I posted a picture for every day of the games. Uh, I also posted a picture. Uh, for a few days after the games, I'm almost out of pictures at this point because since I was only posting one picture a day, I decided to go ahead and continue to post after the games were over. So I got a couple pictures left, but you can go back and see all of them. And like I said, if you check the Instagram, there's a lot less other stuff that if you don't want to see the other stuff, there's a lot of other stuff you have to go through because I post it on Instagram less often than I post on Twitter and Facebook. So, But you can see the pictures. It's pretty much available on all my social media. So if we're Facebook friends. You follow me on Twitter, anywhere else, you can probably get it there, too. So definitely check it out. Had a lot of fun. I'm just going to tell you right now, I pretty much dominated the games. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking to start potentially sign some endorsement deals. There might be some news on that front coming up very, very soon. So definitely check out my social media accounts to see those, see those reports. Anyway, let's get back into the world of wrestling. Uh, WWE has announced it a Thunderdome production set up for Amway Center show. So uh, I want to thank Ian Carey of SC Scoops for this information. This was trending all this afternoon on Twitter. So uh, 
when I decided to check it out, I ended up going to SC Scoops to get a few more details. Uh, they sent out a press release, WWE did, detailing Thunderdome as a state-of-the-art beauty experience featuring video boards, pyrotechnics, lasers, cutting-edge graphics, and drone cameras. It would also involve fans virtually projected into Orlando's Amway Center via massive LED boards. Fans who would like to participate in this aspect of Thunderdome can sign up at WWEThunderdome.com. Uh, this also... It's about the same time WWE is moving into uh, regular television production to the Amway Center instead of the Performance Center. Uh, both SummerSlam and TakeOver 30 will take place from the venue as well this weekend, so go ahead and check those out. And that reminds me, I, I, I forgot the TakeOver this weekend, so I need to make predictions for TakeOver as well. <laughs> so I got to add something else to the show. This is definitely a stacked show, so we're already almost 45 minutes in. I've got to my uh predictions for either show yet, but don't worry. I'm going to try to remember to get into it. I got to remember, because unfortunately, since I'm producing the show as well as hosting, I don't, I can't have time to write it down unless I like filibuster, because it's really hard to type and talk at the same time. So. But anyway, uh, here's a little bit more info from the WWE's press release. WWE has a long history of producing their greatest live spectacles in sports entertainment, yet nothing compares to what we are creating with WWE Thunderdome, said Kevin Dunn. This structure will enable us to deliver an immersive atmosphere and generate more excitement amongst the millions of fans watching our programming around the world. As WWE takes residency at the world-class Amway Center, we have reimagined our live event experience for today's environment. Brian Flynn, WWE Chief Marketing and Communications Officer. In partnership with the famous group, we will virtually bring our fans back into the show and recreate the interactive arena atmosphere that has been a staple of WWE events for decades. For more on WWE Thunderdome, visit WWE.com. Oh, so I'm like I'm interested. In the words of Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Dango Unchained, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. So uh hopefully this will live up to the hype and then this won't be just another thing that WWE does to disappoint us. <laughs> but like I say, fingers crossed this steps up the production. And also, you know, uh, if it works out well for WWE, you know, when they uh, present this product, product uh, hopefully, like I said, even AEW and some of the other, you know, federations will take the best parts of that and use it in their productions. Like, AEW has been sort of way ahead of WWE in producing these, quote, you know, fan-free shows. They did finally bring some fans back to this uh, past week's show. But they were smart in, you know, using uh, other wrestlers and, you know, some of the talent as fans. WWE eventually copied them. So if WWE, you know, does this sort of thing and it's innovative and it works really, really well, I see AEW bouncing back and copying them. That's the smart way to play it. So I hope it works out really, really well and provides a little bit more of a uh, little bit of a boost to the product. Because my interest in WWE has largely been sagging over the course of years and years now at this point. Not just during the COVID-19, but just in general for years. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's nothing in WWE I like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people. Everything in WWE is terrible, blah, blah, blah. I'm not that. It's just there's so much WWE programming that there might be a Raw, a SmackDown, an NXT – you know, a, a pay-per-view in a week, that might be four events in a week. 
And out of those four events, there might be two hours of entertaining stuff in it. Unfortunately, the show was not two hours. Unfortunately, during that whole time period, they might have put 10 hours of entertainment out, and I might have only been entertained by anywhere to two or four of those hours. So, Which means I spent a lot of time with it on the background, not actually paying attention to it. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to, you know... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and check this out. Uh, unfortunately, it does not start till Friday, so Raw won't be covered by this. But it will start with uh, SmackDown this Friday. So I'm, I'm going to you know, take a little bit of effort and go ahead and try to pay a little bit more attention to SmackDown and leading in to take over and some of the other things and just you know, seeing how that works out. So I'm looking forward to it. And fingers crossed, it is, it's everything we need, to, we need it to be. But uh, good luck, WWE. Because I am liking some of the stuff that you're doing now, so uh, I'm enjoying like the hurt business, you know. Right now, I'm enjoying. Uh, I'm actually guess I'm enjoying the Seth Rollins, uh, Rey Mysterio, Dominic sort of feud, despite the ridiculousness of the uh, fake eye being popped out. <laughs> I am still enjoying it, <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to it. So anyway. Let's go ahead and move on to some other things in the world of wrestling. For instance, let's get into uh, the thing I teased a little bit earlier in the show, uh, pro wrestling's YouTube subscriber growth over the last 18 months. One of the first things I thought about when I saw this, like, wait a minute, AEW's been around for 18 months? Maybe they haven't, though, so I'm going to go ahead and look that up now while we're right on the air. Uh, AEW's when when they technically officially started, uh, I guess technically I guess technically they did start. They started technically January first as a company, uh, twenty nineteen. So I guess it's nineteen months. So they just squeaked by for the eighteen month cutoff. Actually, when they first started, their subscriber base was only around a neighborhood of uh, on YouTube at least it was only in a neighborhood of. Uh, 7,500, and it skyrocketed up to one almost one and a half million. It's at 1.48 million. This was, by the way, this is this was as of August 6th. So these numbers could be a little bit higher. I originally planned to cover this last week. Unfortunately, we mentioned earlier that we had Rachel, which is more or less an inland hurricane. So my power was knocked out, so I didn't get to cover it. But again, I do want to thank at Levy Marge on Twitter. That's Levy Margolin. Or La- I'm not sure if it's Lavi or Levy. I should ask- that's one of the things I tell us that I asked him. I did want to- I did ask him for information because I wanted to include him. I had a 50 50 shot at getting his name right. I'm- I'm unfortunately, I'm sorry if I if I have not gotten his name right, but uh, it was a big help because this is this is something I hadn't even thought about all that much until he presented. I was like, this is actually a good way to judge which companies are getting more attention, which companies are getting more hype now. So anyway, uh. Obviously, WWE had the had a huge lead in this. Uh, they had 33.9 million subscribers to their YouTube channel when they started 18 months ago, and now they're up to 64 million. So that's almost doubling over 18 months, but still, you know, doubling when you start out with that big a number is very, very impressive. Obviously, you know, uh, AEW's only been around for just over 18 months, so. Their growth is astronomical, even though it pales in comparison, especially with 
AEW basically having one brand and all tens of persons, WWE has three. Or if you really think about it, WWE really has a lot more brands than three. If you include all the various you know, territories and ECW and FCW and their previous territories and the libraries they own, WWE has numerous things that fans of professional wrestling for different genres might want to check out in addition just to the current product. So, but again, WWE's had a uh, head start, <laughs> whereas uh, AEW's only been around 19 months. AEW's been around, I mean, WWE's been around in various forms going back decades. So, uh, YouTube's only been around since uh, 2005. So, WWE's had like 15 years or so to build their YouTube, although I'm sure they didn't immediately start their YouTube channel in 2005, so it probably took them a little bit longer than that. So, But at any rate, uh, let's get back into some, of, some more of these numbers. Uh, Impact has grown from 2.15 million to 3.2 million. So that is still a substantial growth, but uh, as far as growth numbers, it's not as good as some of these other companies. But it's still, you know, decent. They actually rank second in all of the different companies with the number of YouTube subscribers they have. So at the rate AEW is growing, however, that that will probably change by the time we see this report again in 18 months if the number if they continue to grow at this pace. Uh, Beyond Wrestling, which I'm actually surprised Beyond Wrestling came up third in the number of uh, subscribers. I was not aware of how big Beyond Wrestling is. I've seen a few of their videos online, and, and the crowd sizes isn't that aren't that big, so I just I always assumed it was a lot more of a niche product. But they've got they started out with 1.29 million viewers. Uh, subscribers, rather, they're up to 2.59 million now. So that's very, very impressive. They've, even though they started out with a nice number, they've also just about doubled over the last, you know, 18 months. They definitely provide a, a unique product. And like I said, if you, if you like it, for the most part, I think theirs tend to be a little bit more comedy based. Don't get me wrong, there's some good action in there too. But they tend to provide, a, you know, a little bit more of a comedy aspect to it. They do have a decent amount of intergender matches. Uh, this is where I saw some of my earliest Orange Cassidy stuff. that was real good. So uh, if you haven't checked out Beyond Wrestling, they're actually another good company to check out if you like that particular style, if you like a little bit of a comedy, a little bit of levity with your stuff, but also some good wrestling. Because it's not like they're just, just doing joke stuff. They are providing some good wrestling with it as well. So, but Anyway, we already discussed, uh, basically, as we go down the list, the order is pretty much just based on how many subscribers they have now, and they're ranking them in that order. Uh, we already discussed AEW, so let's go with Triple A. Triple A started out with uh, seven hundred fifty-nine thousand, they were up to one point two four million. Limitless, two hundred sixty-two thousand, up to seven hundred twenty-five thousand, which is basically triple. Uh, Defiant, four hundred nineteen thousand to six hundred fifty-five thousand, so that's decent growth, but not you know astronomical like some of these other companies. Ring of Honor's three hundred fifty-four thousand up to five hundred sixteen thousand. Actually, all, all out of all these companies on this list, I'm kind of surprised Ring of Honor's numbers are a little bit higher. 
They've been around, you know, a good period of time. They don't spend as much money promoting the product, but they're also they've also been smart with their money. They've, as far as I know, they've been a profitable company a good amount of the time. They've been with Sinclair Broadcasting. As part of that is, they pro- basically provide free programming to Sinclair. Well, not free, but you know, they don't have to pay rights and whatnot. So it's hard to fully get a full handle on their economics anyway. But at any rate, uh, they're at 560000 I mean, that's a decent number, but you figure as long as they've been around, you figure I feel, if you had told me leading into this that their numbers were like that much lower than Beyond Wrestling's, I would have been shocked. I, I would have figured if, if you had switched, if you did not put these numbers and just ranked them, I figured they, I probably would have put them in a Beyond slot with 2.59 men as long as they've been around. But also being on numerous stations around the country, even though they technically don't have a national uh, broadcaster broadcasting them, they do have stations in multiple markets, and they do have a billion-dollar media conglomerate behind them. By the way, that reminds me. I wonder, uh, is there any chance, once they go back to reshooting uh, shows, will they be on the marquee network? Because uh, St. Clair on the marquee as well as you know various other you know channels, so it will make sense for them to be on that Maybe stadium as well. I don't know. I don't know. Matter of fact, I remember I haven't seen if, if uh, Ring of Honor is on stadium, but since uh, Ring of Honor owns them, it make it would make. I mean, since Sinclair Broadcast owns them, it would make perfect sense. At any rate, uh, New Japan Wrestling. Uh, this is just their English channel numbers, by the way. Uh, Two hundred ninety-seven thousand, going up to four hundred eight thousand, which kind of makes sense for for their quote English language channel. They if you add. Uh, there's probably fans that subscribe to both channels, both the Japanese channel and the English channel. But uh, the Japanese numbers were there somewhere too, but I didn't feel like doing doing that deep of a dive. But because I saw him in the tweets, because he did have some other uh, numbers in there. Matter of fact, I'm gonna add these because he actually did uh, post the link that. So actually, I'll get into a few a few more numbers in a second. I just noticed this because uh, this was in a thread. Well. Actually, it wasn't even. I don't even think technically it was a thread. It's just he posted some more numbers later down. I can't really tell. Nope, stand corrected. This is indeed a thread. But anyway, I will get to those numbers in a second. Uh, anyway, where? Let's see. Where was I? Oh yeah. Uh, WWR, which I'm actually not 100% sure what WWR wrestling is. So I actually need to look that up. WWR wrestling. Wow, that doesn't even come up. <laughs> it just kind of if you do a search and go, it's trying to correct you to uh, WWE wrestling. No, did you mean WWE wrestling? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, uh, looks like this is probably Women's Wrestling Revolution. So. I can't be 100% sure, but I believe that's what it is, though. I could go to YouTube and check, but I'm not putting in that much effort. <laughs> anyway, they, like I said, they're relatively high from 212,000 to 300,000. Now we'll get into some of the uh, smaller bases because uh, 
Actually, because I actually, when I first saw the tweet, I was kind of curious about this number because it, it didn't include NWA. So I actually asked him, uh, could he uh, let me know what NWA's number was? Because he, he posted the original tweet at 12.22. And later on at 5.42, he, he tweeted uh, with NWA's numbers. I remember, was that before or after I tweeted, he, I'd asked him, because I hadn't seen it, those other, I might not have seen those other tweets just yet, so. Oh, yeah, he did, he definitely did post those numbers as well as some others after I did tweet him. Uh, but anyway, let's look at some of the other smaller companies. Uh, Reality of Wrestling, 35,000 to 344,000, 10 full growth, so that's definitely some quick growth. That's Booker T's company, by the way, so they're growing very, very quickly. NWA was which was the main one that I you know wanted to tweet tweeted at them because I was just very very curious because their strategy seemed to revolve around YouTube a lot so they went from sixty five thousand to two hundred five thousand so they showed some decent growth uh, MLW went from fifty one thousand to ninety seven thousand almost double Insane Championship Wrestling sixty thousand ninety four thousand uh, Lucha U, 43,064,000, and Progress, 31,035,000. So Progress is going very, very slowly. Combat Zone, 173,000 to 249,000. CMLL, 165,000 240,000. AIW, 101,149,000. And he did, there, there were a few companies that tracked between 10,000 and 25,000 18 months ago. He didn't worry about looking at the specific numbers, but right now, uh, the numbers include 68,000 for DDT, WWN 36,000, OTT 27,000, AW Pro 19,000, Shimmer 18,000, WXW 17,000, and The Crash 13,000. So, those are the numbers detract. I was kind of, like I said, a Looking at the list, I was kind of surprised by the impacts number being second highest on the list. But again, they've been around a while, so it makes sense. Uh, they do do a relatively good job with their social media, although their TV product, uh, as far as being on a channel that most people can access, not that great. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I get access. I don't know if a lot of other people do or even know where it is or how to find it or whatnot. The one advantage to, you know, the DVR era is you don't necessarily need to have it memorized as much what channel it is. Or a matter of fact, if you, if you stream cable, like I do, I have AT&T's streaming package. I don't, there's literally not even a channel number. It just tells you what the network is and you can either click on it to record it or watch it or whatnot, but you don't actually need to memorize any numbers at all. Anyway, Numbers are sort of obsolete for cable anyway. I'm surprised more cable systems haven't gone away from numbers because there's really no purpose to them now for that very, very reason. But at any rate, uh, definitely interesting numbers. I was surprised by high, high impact rate. I was surprised by high, high beyond wrestling rank being third. I'm guessing by the time we do, if we do this in another 18 months, uh, they won't be in third AEW might pass them, although their number growth is fast enough that maybe in 18 months, maybe they won't have been surpassed yet, maybe, or maybe they'll just be neck and neck, but uh, they're still growing pretty fast as well, so that's one of those ones that could go either way. Uh, Ring of Honor, I was surprised by how low they were. 
I probably uh, I would expect them to be a little bit higher, but they don't spend a lot of money promoting the product. They do, like I said, they make wise financial decisions. So it's not like we ever hear about their checks bouncing or them ever being in any trouble for the most part. Unlike Impact, every few years we used to get some kind of report that they're dead or dying. But Ring of Honor took a little, taking a little bit more cautious of pros, but they're profitable, so there you go. At least they were until this year. I hear they're not doing nearly as well this year, although a lot of businesses aren't doing that well this year due to you know coronavirus, COVID-19 issues. I probably would have gave New Japan's number a little bit higher, but considering they run Japanese and English channels that, that have separate numbers, I guess that kind of makes sense. So that's not unreasonable. But overall, like I said, some interesting, it's very, very interesting. I want to thank uh, Levy Margolin. Uh, again, hopefully, hopefully I'm not butchered his name. Levy or Lavi. Either way it goes, since I keep saying one or the other, there's a 50% chance that I've gotten it right. <laughs> Anyway, I'll, I'll actually like you can go. You can actually go to my account uh, at King David Lane on Twitter. I'm gonna retweet all the official numbers, and also if you want to give him a follow, uh, I appreciate it because I appreciate him. Um, yeah, some additional information as well as uh, uh, you know providing original inspiration for this. Cause I definitely wanted to, as soon as I saw this, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about. And he did also note in his little tweet thread about it that uh, for the smaller brands, their most viewed product tended to be women's matches and intergender. So I know there was a controversy as far as uh, Lance Storm saying they should get rid get get rid of intergender matches. I don't agree. He he did mention that there are some women that are uncomfortable in these matches. And I definitely think that no woman should be pressured to be into the match. If a woman does not want to be in an interesting match, she absolutely should not have to be in the match. But that's not the same as saying the matches should stop altogether. There are some women that like it. There's, you know, there's some good storytelling that can be told in the matches. So that just, I don't think they should be, you know, getting rid of altogether. You might limit them just, you know, to certain people and certain talents. People, one, people have to be, everybody in the match should be comfortable with it. Two, you have to have the compelling or interesting story for it, but that goes for pretty much any match you have in wrestling. As a general rule, you want to have compelling story to telling through the match. That's kind of one of the points of wrestling. Don't get me wrong; I can still enjoy a great match if it's just a great match, but that adds an extra little, extra little bit of extra little bit to it. So, anyway, I thought overall it was a very very interesting discussion. So, if you got thoughts on it, you can feel free to tweet at King David Lane. Uh, you can also, you know, if you follow. At VLC Nation on Twitter as well. You can get some tweets from not only my show, but other shows in the network. All of our shows are available on Stitcher, iTunes, of course, VLCNation.com. That's the most important place you watch. So we get extra money. So definitely, if you have a chance, go there and you know, listen to it if you want. But I know not everybody you know, is at a desktop computer. Not everybody you know, listens. You know, a lot of people do listen mobile. So we appreciate you listening no matter how you listen. If you want to uh, also help the show out, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, go to Stitcher and iTunes and leave us a five-star review for the show uh, and for the channel. And please add a comment as well. You know, tell us how much you hate the show or how much you love the show. Preferably love, but we'll take hate too. As long as you comment, we don't care that much. What do they say? There's no black publicity. I don't agree with that as a statement. There's obviously definitely bad publicity. See Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Maybe 50% of the Kardashian stuff. 
<laughs> that kind of goes either way, but <laughs> definitely like like I said, we don't care if you give negative or positive reviews. <laughs> Just uh, state your opinion. As long as you're interacting with your show and you're still listening, that's all we care about. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, add a uh, caller to the show. And let's see who this gentleman is. Caller, who is this? Apparently, the caller cannot hear me. Can you hear me, caller? I'm going to put the caller back on hold then. I really hope that I'm being listened to and you guys can hear me because I'm going to be pissed if I've been talking (laughs) for nothing for the last hour. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take a a break. You're listening to Wrestling With Problems, and we'll be back in just a bit. Don't touch the imaginary dial. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation. 
Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Uh, unfortunately, Chris Bess is not with us right now. He actually told me 52 minutes ago on a Facebook messenger message that he would call in 15 minutes. But we've just learned from breaking news. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. Doesn't really make a lot of sense because it's not his birthday, but uh, apparently that's what happened. So rest in peace, Mr. Uh, Chris Bess. No, I'm just kidding. He's not murdered. I'm willing to bet he probably just fell back asleep. He's one of those guys that have to work midnight shift. So he probably said, I'll call you in like 15 minutes, then fell back asleep. That's what I'm assuming happened. At any rate, uh, I will be joined now by my uh, third man in the booth, who was this week the second man in the booth, at Brock Business, at B-R-O-C-K BZA on Twitter, Brian Hunter, the Brock. How's it going? How's it going? Good, my good man. It's going good. Hopefully, it's going way better than it is for Chris. Mm-hmm. Like I, said, like I, said, I don't know. Sleeping is actually a good way to go, you know. So, you know, I never argue with sleep if, if that's what he's doing. So, that he might be having a good time, or he could be having a good time doing other stuff. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we've talked about three things on the show so so far. So, I'm gonna let you go ahead and. Uh, Get your thoughts on these three things before we move on to our predictions for the uh, TakeOver and SummerSlam uh, events this weekend. First, we'll go ahead. Get What are your thoughts on the Sonya DeVille kidnapping plot? Uh, I, actually, um, I thought it was pretty good since, um, uh, especially um, Mandy Rose um, had like um, thought of the whole thing herself and everything. It's like, you know what? I would not have figured that she would have thought of this whole intricate, uh, so intricate or interesting um, storyline for for her, her best friend, and um, two guys who they really not using in um, heavy machinery. So it's 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 actually it's actually interesting, and believe it or not, I can actually see Mandy losing the match. Uh. I think you're like I think you're confusing stories. <laughs> I'm really I'm really thinking you're confusing stories. Were you listening to the beginning of the show? <laughs> at first I thought you were kidding. <laughs> I don't think you're kidding. <laughs> Somebody actually tried to break into her house, dude. <laughs> Some crazy dude actually broke into her house. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. They arrested a guy at uh, Sonya Deville's house. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the actual what happened um, on TV, not that. Okay, oh. I just, I just need to clear for everybody who listens, because anybody who's been listening to the show, they might have, they might have been confused about what you were talking about, and they might have thought that you oh. thought it was evil. It is, I was not talking about anything. I'm talking about there's a dude that was actually arrested earlier yeah, today, breaking into house, trying to kill her. <laughs> No, no, well, no, not actually, that, no. not trying to kill her, but breaking into her house, attempt to kidnap her, and you can only assume that what he was going to try to do. If you if you try to kidnap somebody with zip ties and duct tape and whatnot, you assume that but it's going to be you know, it's, it's not going to be a pleasant experience no matter what it is. You figure it's going to be some weird stuff going on, bad stuff, violent stuff. Now yeah. what's interesting? Now what's interesting on my part is I figure if you were going to break into any female superstars house, which you obviously should not do, and it's very, very wrong. But I figured the two that you shouldn't choose uh, would be Shayna Baszler and Sonya Deville, the ones that fought MMA. 
if they had actually, if the, I looked at the guy, does not look particularly strong. Uh, I feel like she would have, she would have given him a good fight if he would actually made it in. So obviously, you know, a person is mentally unstable. He might have had a little bit of a size advantage, and he did have some stuff with him. But still, hand to hand combat, I might like her odds against him in this fight. I'm not, but again, I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody should do this or that I don't want to see that. But if he actually had breached. I would have hoped he would have beat the hell out of her. But anyway, <laughs> did you like now that you know there was an actual kidnapping attempt at her house? What are your feelings on that? <laughs> Again, um, it is it, it, it's, it's only one thing to say about that. It's fucked up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on to our other uh, one of our other big stories for earlier in the show: uh, the death of Kamala, uh, his life career. Do you have any thoughts on? The character, his career, or uh, the uh, or just uh, the circumstances of death. You can discuss any of those. Feel free. The floor well, is yours. Well, um, he okay. His career, I um, I thought he was um, um, at, um actually a a pretty a pretty um good. Okay, he, he played his character good. Unfortunately, um, how. They um, stereotyped um, people. Um, they uh, stereotype um, certain um, groups of people and everything. Now that I'm older, I um, understood why that wasn't a good character. Kind of like how, um, well, we could go back um, and discuss many different um, characters that was back in the '70s. 80s and 90s that would not fly today. But as a um, as the man, I thought um, he he should got way more credit for um, what, uh, what what he did in his contribution. Yep, that's that's a that's a completely fair take. Like I said, that's a good a, a good deal a good deal of that lines up with the way I discussed it. So, and by by the way. Uh, if you if you if you could probably flip a coin, any black character before 1980, <laughs> you could flip a coin on whether or not <laughs> that character would fly now. Half probably would, half probably wouldn't. Obviously, you know, people in wrestling has changed in general, society's changed in general. But I mean, if you sort of adapted the character now, because you know, there's a lot of stuff that they did back there that you wouldn't see now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's let's move on to our third and final topic of the show so far. The uh, various subscription numbers to the different companies in wrestling. Uh, we discussed a lot of the larger companies. Uh, were there any numbers that surprised you as far as how big they were, how small they were, or did you guys think they were all about what you expected them to be? Uh, Ring of Honor surprised me. I'm 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 a, I must admit, um, Ring of Honor really surprised me. But um, it's like wow, I I I had I had no I had no idea that Ring of Honors was um like that and everything. But then again, um, um I um I I I'm like really surprised. It's like okay, now New Japan wasn't. But I could say Ring of Honor and um, Beyond Wrestling was. Like I said, like I said, it was it was definitely like much bigger numbers than I expected for that uh, Beyond Wrestling. But like I said, 
honestly, not looking back on it, I've probably looked through as many Beyond Wrestling videos that I've looked at on YouTube than any other company as far as just, you know, just the one match clips. Obviously, I watch AEW Dark and MLW on uh, on the channel weekly. But as far as just individual matches, I don't, I'll probably watch more Beyond Wrestling matches than probably anything else, including WWE. Especially over the last, you know, let's say, year or so. But they, they, they definitely provide some good content. That's a good place to see some early Orange Cassidy stuff, pre-AEW, some other stuff. So it's definitely some good stuff. So Anyway... Let's go ahead and get into uh, this, the, our predictions for the coming up shows. Uh, we'll go with NXT TakeOver first. They only have four matches listed so far for the card. Uh, we'll go ahead and cover those. We got uh, a letter match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. It'll be Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest. Versus Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano or Ridge Holland versus Finn Balor or Velveteen Dream. So uh, they still do have that. Uh, I believe it's a four-way match or some kind of. They, they still have a match uh, coming up on NXT. It's like sort of a losers bracket match almost. So we'll find out who the fourth person. We'll find out who the last person entering in that match is this coming uh, Wednesday, I believe. So, uh, but who do you think is going to win the match? Ah uh, man, um, I actually think it probably makes make sense that they probably give it to um, Damian Priest. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I'm kind of thinking that maybe they give it to Velveteen Dream though. On the one hand, I thought he, I thought, I thought he was going to be gone from the company, but Triple H said we reviewed it, and we didn't find anything, and I'm like, you know, I'm just like uh, doing a little arrow with that, but we didn't find anything. So uh, since he's back on TV, I assume he's back in the good graces of the company at least for the time being. So it doesn't um. really make. Wiggle with that, okay. <laughs> yeah, like I say, he's he's back on TV. He's back in the good graces, apparently. So, assuming he doesn't do anything too stupid between now and then, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, Velveteen Dream. Like I said, it would it would if if you would have told me to predict this like a month ago, I would have been shocked. <laughs> but like I like I said, if you don't go to jail, it's a good chance for you to come back in the real wrestling. <laughs> Anyway, let's go with next. We got a singles match. We got Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee, the former NFL punter. Now, if you think of all the uh, pro football players turned wrestlers, I'm pretty sure Pat McAfee is the first punter. <laughs> By the way, when you're the, supposed to be the leader of the Undisputed Era and you get beat up by a dude that kicked in the NFL, <laughs> doesn't that look kind of sad? Yeah, that um, I, I I would try and rationalize like you know what A, B, and C happened, but like let's be honest, you cannot change your past. It's like dude, it 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 was it wasn't like um, he he cheap shot at you um, south of the Rio Grande. I said that would be a good way for him to win the match though. <laughs> 
If you punch somebody, if, if a former NFL punter punched the dudes in, in the nuts, that would be the way from the win. Matter of fact, that should be his finisher. <laughs> That's really the only way to get him any kind of real credibility is, although he, he does appear to be in decent shape. He doesn't necessarily look like what you think the stereotype of a punter. But Damn. that would be. Go ahead. I'm gonna say that. So I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and predict that Adam Cole wins this match, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm um, I feel like this. Actually, I um actually I believe that um Adam Cole would lose the match, but but um it um okay it, it's gonna be someone else that's gonna interfere and everything that's gonna make um him. Have like um uh, um like actually extend that feud where Amco finally like redeems himself. I kind of looked at it the other way that he this is so since he got beat up the last time, Adam Cole is going to beat him this time, but then he's gonna you know come back and do something and require the rematch. So I guess technically they do have another week to have another weekly edition of the show to uh, sort of have something else happen. But since uh, I guess you say Pat McAfee got him last week, I assume that you know they're gonna let let Adam Cole get, get his win, get the win this time. Well, I guess something else could happen. We show it makes in my opinion. But since we're having to predict this without watching Wednesday's show, I'm gonna go ahead and say the the rest are wins because it's weird because undisputed era is heels, but they sort of sort of. Present Pat McAfee as the heel in this with the with the punt and stuff, so it's kind of weird. So it's kind of a weird bucking situation. But at any rate, well, the weird thing is the punter has the weight advantage in this match. He's six one two thirty three. Adam Cole's six feet two ten. So this is definitely weird. Well, but anyway, I, um, I, um, I, I, I said this now, now, not not quite now. If if you go back a few years ago. Uh, remember um, that one group, um, Insanity, what was the heels, and who and who attacked Insanity? Undisputed Era. But Undisputed Era was also heels, though. <laughs> Pat McAfee was basically just an analyst, so he didn't really. I guess he didn't really have a character per se. You kind of assumed that he was stage just being just being a sort of analyst or being a commentator, or whatever else. So he just, they just sort of made, I guess they sort of, unless I just have not been paying that close attention to Pat McAfee because he's just a commentator and, <laughs> and I haven't been paying attention, but I don't think he he developed a sort of hero character yet. So at least what Undisputed Era did that, you know, you had heels attacking heels, but that still makes a little bit of a sense though. But anyway, let's move on to the next match. We got Io Shirai, uh, the champion, or the women's champion rather. Uh, versus Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's Championship. Who you got? Io Shirai. Yeah, I'm going to go with Io Shirai as well. Uh, they tend to have long title reigns with the NXT Women's brand for the most part, so I think they're going to continue it on. I think they'll let Dakota Kai put in a good showing because I think they want to continue to build her character up, but I just don't think they're ready to put the goal on her just yet. No. Oh, no, she, she, but, no, I was about to say she ain't ready. Uh, next, we got a 
match for the NXT Championship, we got Keith Lee the champion versus Karrion Cross with Scarlett. Who you got? I can actually see Karrion Cross winning it. I could see Karrion Cross winning it, but I can't see him winning it right now. If if they had just not just put the bet on Keith Lee, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have been more than willing to go with this because they've because no, I don't think anybody's had as big a hype debut in NXT as Karrion Cross has. And not only did he have the the great hype with the debut, he had the interest that led that lived up to all the hype they had given him. And then they've sort of done things with the character to continue to live the hype. Karrion Cross has been one of the most exciting guys in WWE on all the brands. And then that fireball out of the out of the little book, the little contract yeah. book, whatever they gave us out, that was that was something definitely that was unique and I was like, damn, I did not see that coming. I didn't either. So, you know, if, yeah, when when you can surprise a, you know, a wrestling fan who's been watching wrestling for like, what, 33 years now? Yeah. 30, really 34 years now at this point. So, when you can surprise me, I'm, 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 it, it, and surprise me with something good, because you could always surprise somebody with some garbage. But surprise me with, with something good, I kind of I kind of like that. So what I think they're going to do is I think Chief Lee is going to win tonight, but I think this feud is going to continue. Uh, and then this will be one of those sort of long-term NXT feuds that last few months. I think eventually Karrion Cross will wrestle the boat from him, but I don't think it's going to happen just yet. At any rate, that covers the NXT Takeover uh, event from this weekend. Let's let's go ahead and we're going to go ahead and roll right into SummerSlam. SummerSlam has eight matches listed, so I guess I'll go ahead and start off with the tag team match for WWE Raw Championships. We got the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, the champions, versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Who you got? Andrade and Angel. Hmm, this is a this is a tough one because I, I think the WWE is really high on on. The Street Profits, but I also think they're very high on Andrade and Angel Garza. I think I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go Street Profits. This is one of the matches that probably could go e- either way, but I'm going to go ahead and stay with the Street Profits for now. Again, this is another match where I think I think they might eventually take the belts from. I just don't think they're going to do it just yet. But I do like uh, Angel Garza as a character. He, he's, he's got like the sort of most interesting character. Uh as far as some of the recent guys they've sort of developed and some of the younger guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the sort of, the whole sort of I'm taking my pants off gimmick is kind of hilarious. And that cocky ego, ego heel way, you know, reminds you sort of, reminds you sort of, it, it, it reminds me sort of uh, a combination of ravishing Rick, Rick, ravishing Rick Rude. And, uh, and as much as I hate to do this, because I hate when people do this, <laughs> Because like every they want to compare every Latin wrestler that's young to Eddie Guerrero, but this actually seems like the sort of thing that Eddie Guerrero might have done on this Latino Heat character, if the timing of it had happened just a little bit earlier in the Attitude Era as opposed to it being a little bit more of a uh, that that sort of ruthless aggression era where they sort of dial things back a little bit. But like I said, I definitely think that's the sort of that's the sort of thing that that character could have done. So Angel Garza is definitely an interesting character, and I look look to see what else he can do and develop his character in the future. But I'm going to go ahead and go with Street Profits now. Also, 
I think we're going to end up finding out that Zelina Vega is not the one who poisoned Montez Ford. I think that's we're going to find out that the the, the Viking Raiders did it. So this is, that's just my take, totally off the subject. I um I I honestly I could I could um I could legitimately see um something like that. I I I could. Uh oh. I got some breaking news. Chris, Chris Best is calling his money in the bank contract. How's it going, Chris? Gentlemen, uh, listeners, everyone, I apologize for being so late. Unfortunately, my life's a little chaotic at times. But um, actually, I just I got up. I'm, I called all your NXT predictions. I agree with pretty much everything I said. Uh, the one thing you overlooked in NXT was uh, I think this may be the beginning of a Adam Cole face turn. I think Adam Cole's go- I think the Undisputed Era is going to mess up this that match and cause Adam Cole to start turning face. That's, that's so what think, I'm So you're thinking he's going to turn face and just leave leave them behind? Yep. Interesting, because mm-hmm. I always, always thought eventually that the Indisputed Era would move to one of the Raw or SmackDown brands. I did not see Adam Cole leaving and then just leaving the whole thing behind. But I guess you always could just do the group with three and then have him, you know, on the outs. Those those gentlemen in that group have always, you know, sort of been in various combinations of tag teams and feuds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not like, so it's not like they've always quote gotten along on the camera. They've always because you know Adam Cole's been tag partners with the various various members of that team. So that actually could be a way that it goes. That's actually an interesting thought, interesting take. So uh, thank you for chiming in on that. <laughs> I I had not thought about that. I just thought okay, it was weird. Yeah. I thought it was where they had two heels. So now do you think about it, if they turn Adam Cole face, that takes care of that problem. Right. Mm. And from a standpoint, I can see the WWE saying that Adam Cole is our money. O'Reilly, Fish, and I'm losing one. Strong. Right, strong, yeah. They're, they're older than him. They don't have the look that Vince wants. Adam Cole is going to have a look at Vince wants, but I can see them saying that he is the most marketable one out of the four and turn him face, put him on some T-shirts, and get some money in. The next thing I want to touch on real quick is uh, the Northwest, the North American Championship. I do think Velveteen Dream is going to get it. Uh, now, regardless of your personal opinion, of it, the WWE has done their own private investigation of his situation and allegations. Said that they found no wrongdoing on his part. Uh, and my eyes kind of roll too when I say that. But <laughs> what's going, what normally happens in these situations is okay, we put you on the sidelines for all this time while we dug through all this. We found that you've done, done nothing wrong, and now we're going to make you whole. So he's going to he's going to get this championship, just as a, you know, just kind of as an apology. And besides, he's you know this is where he would have gone anyway, if it wasn't for the injuries and the allegations and all that. You know the whole pandemic and uh, speaking out thing 
really derailed his uh, career. So they're going to make him whole now by giving him this championship. Mm. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you say we didn't find anything, that's not sin. You didn't do anything. As you said, we didn't find anything. We didn't find anything. I was very specific with what I said because no, 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 that's 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 why they're going to say they didn't find anything. Yeah, I know. That's what that's what I'm just pointing out. So the people who couldn't read read between the lines, we didn't find anything. It's not the same as you didn't do anything. Also, sometimes depending on who's doing the search, looking for stuff, some people are more likely to find things than others. It depends on how hard you look and where you look. Et cetera, et cetera. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anyway. Uh, I, I use the jealous girlfriend analogy for this. If, you, if you're dating a girl or, if you, you know, dating a guy, if you're dating someone who's very jealous and they go through your fault they, and they believe you're cheating, some text messages, something, they're going, they're going to find evidence that you offer. They're going to find something in there that may or may not be what they're looking for, but they're looking for it, therefore they will find it. If you're not looking for it, you will not find it. That's just how human minds work. I can, you know, I had a girlfriend, but I went through her phone, and I was sure she was cheating. I'd find some text message or some email or some communication that I'd say, this phone for something else. Even if it's ugly, I would find a way to make this stuff. Oh, see right here? This is proof. No, it's not. I'm made up. I have smart. While on the other hand, if I'm trying to prove that she's not, unless it's very very explicit details that I could not overlook, I'll say, find nothing. She's a good girl. Everything's cool. You know, and I believe that's what the WWE may have done with Mr. Uh, Velveteen Drake. It also sounds like Chris has had a lot of experience with jealous girlfriends. <laughs> Maybe. What? Uh-huh. Uh, no, no. I saw it on TV. I was on the Discovery Channel. They had a whole special about it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's that's duly noted. <laughs> anyway, let's let's let, let's get back to our SummerSlam predictions. Unfortunately, I closed that window, so it's going to take me a second to reopen that one. <laughs> Anyway, in the meantime, while I look for my SummerSlam 2020 window, I've now found it. So let's get to our next match. <laughs> that, was the world's, that was the world's worst or best filibuster, but now how you look at it. Uh, we got a singles match for the WWE Championship. Uh, Drew McIntyre, the champion, versus Randy Orton. Who you got? Drew. Uh, it's so hard right now because they're really building him as a legend killer again. And Drew's not a legend, a legend to kill, but that would really deflate his uh, the run that Randy's on right now. Without outside interference, I don't know how to save this match. This is one. This is kind of like one of those matches where. This, this hurts. No, normally, I think a loss does hurt. But for either one of these guys, a loss will hurt unless it's some kind of screwy finish or outside of the fairs or something of that nature. But if, they want, if this one-on-one, if somebody gets in clean, that's going to hurt them. 
Okay, so um, answer me this then. Okay, Randy Orton is pretty much on the decline of his career, and um, Drew McIntyre is um, not very interested. I wouldn't oh, call Randy. I wouldn't want ten more years. I wouldn't call Randy Orton the decliner. He's obviously closer to than he is to the beginning, just because he's been in the game twenty years. So I don't think he's going to wrestle in twenty years. I wouldn't call him a decline. I don't look. I don't look at him and say, you know, this is you know he sort of lost his step, or whatever. It, it's, as far as pro wrestling goes, he still looks like he's every bit the sort of prime character that he was. So. I don't look at him as in decline. Obviously, like I said, uh, I don't. He's clearly not the quote future of the company per se. But I don't think he's in decline. He's. I think even if he loses this, he still could be a credible contender. I do agree with Chris as far as this might hurt him a bit. But I think the way they're going to solve that is they're going to have Drew win the match, but Randy's going to give him some sort of beatdown after the match. Or if not after the match, at least on the Raw, you know, right afterwards. So to sort of build him back up, I think this is one of those feuds they're going to keep going for a while. Because, you know, unless they decide to transition to maybe Bobby Lashley or something, who else are they going to have as a contender? They could slide the Hurt Business into the feud next if they want. But I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to, going to want to hit and sort of milk this out a little bit because they want to keep Drew McIntyre champion a little bit a little while longer. So I think that's what's going to be the result of that. But anyway, I'll go ahead and let Brian and make his selection yet. So I'm going to let, let Brian make his. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going with McIntyre, but I do like the Hurt Business coming in and then in, in just um, beating up both of them. Actually, I hadn't heard that one, but that could be interesting. Actually, if you just have the Hurt Business come in and just destroy, destroy both of them, you don't end up with a loser. So that would exactly. solve Chris's problem. Because <laughs> he, said he, he said he couldn't see it without outside interference. Hurt Business would be a perfect team that would come in and do that if they wanted to do that sort of thing. Although I'm not a huge fan of the Hurt Business. No, no, I like the Hurt Business. I don't have a problem with Hurt Business. I'm not a huge fan of having matches particularly title matches, big title matches, where it doesn't have somebody getting pinned. Every now and again, you can have a DQ or something, but as a general rule, I'm not a huge fan of title matches that don't end with an actual somebody either getting pinned or submitted. I'm not even a huge fan of the whole, oh, I didn't tap out, I just blacked out from blood loss or whatever else either. I like to have a somewhat clearer finish to the match. But anyway, Let's move on. We're getting we're getting we're actually running a little bit long time at the moment. So let's go ahead since we got so many matches on this card. Uh Apollo Crews, the champion versus MVP, singles match for the WWE United States Championship. Uh Brian first, you first. Uh, I, um I, I actually I can see them giving the bell to MVP. Okay, Chris, what do you got? Given that Apollo Crews just doesn't have the quote unquote it factor the WWE is looking for, I don't see him holding the belt long. Give it to MVP. 
make the hurt business a champion in there and then run. I wasn't necessarily going with uh, Apollo not having the quote it factor. I don't think I don't I don't think he has the full charisma that he that he has it. But they did finally give him a position to at least have a title for that. He doesn't. He he's not. He's not terrible, but he's not exciting either. He's kind of just like bland on the mic. He's just sort of. Okay, so he needs to develop his character a little bit more. He has the athleticism. He has the look, everything. He just doesn't have the mic skills just as of yet. And, it, and that's one of the problems when they moved him up to the main roster so quickly. They didn't let him, ta- they didn't let him have time to develop a, quote, character. And then they brought him to the main roster and barely used him. So it was kind of, why'd you bring him up for? I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess it, yeah, I guess it was kind of a pay raise for him. So I guess that's good for him. But otherwise, he's just sort of been sort of just just wandering out on the business, on the WWE main roster for like what, like four years now. I didn't realize. Yeah, I, didn't realize I didn't even realize he'd been on the main roster for that long. He signed back with WWE in 2014, and then he's been on the main roster for four years. I didn't even realize he'd been on the roster. <laughs> I didn't even realize he'd been on the main roster for four years. Like, damn, it's been that long because he's basically done nothing. Right. They had no. Plan. I don't know why they keep bringing people up from NXT with no plan for them. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I predict should I predict be when I bring you up from NXT, it's because we have the next three years mapped out for you. Either that or somebody's injured and you just fill it in temporarily. Something. Mm-hmm. And then you know and once you're done with that. Like yeah. You yeah, like that. yeah, if somebody gets hurt Then they need to bring somebody up to fill in a spot Then we'll send you back down or something That kind of makes sense too But not Okay, we're really excited for you We got a great we, we, You really got to look we like We like you uh, We're not using you now <laughs> Oh yeah, but anyway I never never did fully explain my rationale for MVP I think MVP is going to get it for one, I don't think they would have extended this feud this long to not give MP the MVP the belt eventually anyway. Because, you know, basically Apollo Crews has won the last few matches in this. It doesn't make sense to keep it this keep this feud going with this veteran guy who was we all thought was about to retire. <laughs> and then next thing you know, we're like, oh, we got a little something here. Well, maybe, we won't, he, maybe he won't transition just yet. So it doesn't make sense to have him in this feud this long, this many times against this guy and keep losing every time. Particularly not with the Hurt Business being something they're sort of invested in. So I'm going to go ahead and give the MVP the belt for that reason. Especially since he spent all that money, quote, <laughs> buying his own belt and whatnot. So but anyway, next we got a street fight. We had Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. And who you got? I'm going to go with uh, Chris first. Dad got to come down and do something in minute. Just got to make it even close. The beating Dominic took was hard to watch, honestly. I've been on the end of Kendo Sticks. It is not a thing that will injure you, but holy shit, does it hurt. It hurts a lot. 
you know, the the, the scarring and the webs on him are 100% real. It hurt. You know, apologize before the match. You go out there, you do you do your job. But that was hard to watch. But I don't see Mysterio coming in and beating Seth Rollins. That just that doesn't happen for the or the next. He comes out there, he gets pummeled, looks uh, becomes a sympathetic character, and Seth Rollins is the heel for beating him the way he did. So you so you're predicting Dominic with help from Ray? I don't even know if he'll win with help from Ray. I'm I'm expecting a brutal beating and a Ray Mysterio and Ray Mysterio to get involved somehow. Now, will he have another eye yet? I don't know. But that's another road to go down because he lost an eye. No, he didn't lose it. They found it, so they put it back in. So he's fine. Oh, they found it? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he never lost it. It just popped out. He wasn't lost. They knew where it was. <laughs> it just wasn't oh. where it was supposed to be. <laughs> I'm sure they put it back in. It's fine now. Anyway, uh, okay, so, so you got Seth Rollins then? Yes. Okay, who you got, Brian? Actually, I got um, Dominic winning it, but um, interference for someone no one haven't seen in a while. Who's that? Kane Vasquez. But he's horrible at wrestling. Huh? But he sucks at wrestling. He does suck as rats, um, but remember, if it's just a street fight, and then he, um, okay, he he comes in at, um, out of nowhere, he, um, okay, he chokes out um, Seth Rollins. Okay, I I could okay, I could see D- Dominic um, a- after taking a beating for um, like the best part of um, fifteen minutes, Kane coming in from behind, choking him out, and then Dominic taking the win. I I could see it. I could see that happening. Outside of that, I don't see any way, shape, form, or fashion unless what? Do like slip on something, knock yourself out, and Dominic takes the win? Right. Like, if you give me a better explanation, please do. Because I can see the WWE doing something ludicrous like this to try and make this, well, let's make this feud going a little bit longer. I don't know why. I saw Dominic, these, the, the deal is Dominic can use any he wants. Uh, he wants to use friend of the family. Uh, came, he wants he want to use his friend of the family in this fight. You know, if you want, and they should use more literal options on stuff like that. So, uh, you can use, you know, because you tell me I can use anything I want. I'm coming to the ring with a stun gun. I'm coming out with a taser. I can use whatever I want. It's going to be Fortnite. I would like to see that. That, that, that actually, um, the, the, the only other thing I could remotely see possibly happening would be um, Alistair Black um, co- um, coming in and um, it, um, hitting um, Seth Rollins with that black mask out of nowhere. 
That'd be fine too. Some some legitimate worker has to get involved, of or course. some huge person like that's uh, the last question. Dude, I, I I can't I can't see any other way Dominic could even I don't even want to say the word possible, but I I, I guess we could use that for for this possibly make this a not so unbearable thing to watch if if, if that sounds um, adequate. Uh. It's a, like I said. It's, luckily, it's a street fight out of match, so we don't have to actually try to watch him try to wrestle just yet. I'm I'm kind of surprised because they it, it seemed like every couple years we'd hear that Dominic Mysterio was training to wrestle. <laughs> I guess he only finally started yeah, taking seriously with like Jay Lethal and Triple A, and he's been training all over the world supposedly, and it don't look like that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you always figured he'd been training pretty much his whole life. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that his dad was one of those dads that, like, made him wrestle when he was four, and he's been, you know, under official training since he's, like, five years old. I'm not saying that. But you figure he's been – he's if he ever decided – you figured he probably would have decided at a young age, around 12, that he wanted to be a wrestler. I don't know if he had other dreams or other stuff he wanted to do, or maybe his dad just told him, no, nah, just, you know, you hold up – you know, I want to I want to let you get a little bit early before you decide this is what you want to do or whatnot. But you figure if nothing else, he's had his dad with him his whole life. At least if he wanted to play play rent wrestle or whatever in the ring, at least to show him the right way. So you figure he'd be a little bit better. Obviously, I still don't expect him. To, I don't expect him to be Ric Flair or Ray Mysterio Jr.'s prime at this point. But you expect him to show you a little something. <laughs> you know, he hasn't really shown me anything yet. So. But yeah, like I said, for him to win, obviously there has to be some kind of they're not they're gonna not, basically not let a rookie in his first match beat a former multiple time world champion. That would be ridiculous. So well, without not really, just that would that would be ridiculous to have him win a clean match over a multiple world champion in his first ma- debuting match. When Are again, you're you, an example of that one. Who just because it's happened before don't mean it wasn't stupid then and isn't stupid now. Okay, you can say that, but um, okay, I I give I give you I give you one that's even more ridiculous. Fandango versus Jericho, WrestleMania. I would say that's more ridiculous in hindsight than it is at the time. At the time, they had at high the expectations. Time, he was the next big thing. Plus, he was trained. And it's not like he was just like somebody's kid who recently came in. He he had trained for. It's not like he just started. You know, he had only been wrestling a few months or whatever. He had never had a match on a major scale yet. He he came up through that developmental system and you know whatnot. So it's not like this is this is this basically this is Dominic's debut pretty much anywhere. Has he had any even matches on the indie scene yet that I'm aware of? So my I knowledge, no. Did a match or two in Triple A. But don't call me on that. So, sort of different situations. At least, at least Fandango had sort of been through the normal training process, had developed the character when they finally debuted him. They had actually hyped him up be- as, as when he came in. Now, hindsight with what the Fandango character became eventually, that looks ridiculous. Because eventually he just became a comedy act, although 
He was actually a good comedy act as far as wrestling goes. He just wasn't this, quote, major superstar that we thought maybe he was going to be. Obviously, David Arquette won the world championship match in his debut match. <laughs> Although, again, it was a situation where there was help. It's not like they just put the belt on him. It's not like they just had him walk up and beat Ric Flair and pin him and win the belt. He actually, you know, it was just one of those things where, oops, somehow he managed to win. It's like, we forgot everybody in this match could theoretically win the match. He's in a match. He won it. So that's ridiculous. But, again, you can come up with ridiculous. You can come up with a rationale for anything. It still might end up looking ridiculous in the end about who won and who lost, but whatnot. But at least, at least you can sort of explain that away. If you, in the sense that you can explain wrestling about anything, you know, at least within, within the, within the world of wrestling, even though most people in hindsight don't agree with it, there was at least a logical explanation for why you did it and how he had, had the belt. It's not like he just walked in and, and whooped everybody ass and took the belt. He's, he's little skinny David Arquette, little tiny dude. So, by the way, David Arquette actually <laughs> became a decent worker twenty years after the fact. <laughs> but that's again different subject for a different day. Thank anyway, God. man, we we talked way more about this match than I expected us to. Anyway, we're gonna have to rush through these last couple because we only got uh, ten minutes left. So we got uh, Sasha Banks versus Oscar Sasha Banks, the champion singles match for the Women's Raw Championship. Who you got? Oscar. And then I'm going to go ahead and go Oscar. And then we're going to go singles match for Bailey Champion versus Oscar. Who you got? Oscar again. I'm going to go Oscar again. Okay, since you're the only one that says Bailey, why you got Bailey? Oh, um, oh, okay. He, okay. Um, he, he's seen. Okay. The only reason I got um, Bailey pulling this one off is um, okay. Now, as we all know, everyone's waiting for um, okay, for the um, golden road miles to um, implode and everything. And the only mm-hmm. way I could, and the only way I could see this happening is if one has the title and the other one doesn't and everything. Um, okay. Um, so, okay. Sasha loses her title. Um, okay. And um, ba- okay, but yet um, she helps Bailey keep hers and everything. Then there's gonna be a nice little um, um, little nagging, jealous thing. Then once they defend the tag title, then they lose. There goes the implosion. Then she, she then um, Sasha is gonna uh, want Bailey's title. Uh, here's what I'll say about that. I kind of like your thinking on that as a possibility, only I would switch the other way. <laughs> if you're going to have one person keep the title, one person lose it, it makes more sense since Sansa just won hers and Bailey's had hers for quite a record-breaking run. Or if, I'm pretty sure that's a record-breaking run now. It makes more sense yeah. to have her and drop it. So, so if I was going to do that angle, I would do it the other way, and then I would have Bailey turn on Sasha because she didn't help, because she didn't help her retain her title as long as uh, uh, she had had it. So that's how, that's how we'll, that's how I would play that. See, see, see. My only thing wrong with, with that is um, if you're going on history and everything, that makes the most sense. 
But for some odd reason, and I can't figure out um, creative control um, thinking when they give Sasha the title, she haven't hit the title longer than two months. Can anyone give me a reason why? She she she's a good worker. She got the look. She got mic skills. She got personality, but yet she she don't even ha- have it for forty days. Even why? Now one title ring lasted that long. I'm pretty sure isn't isn't she one that of those people considered, considered to have a quote bad attitude? <laughs> I'm I don't know her, and I haven't spent a lot of time following her. You know. Dorena Axis, I just know she's one of those people that has the reputation, unlike ba- Bailey has a reputation as one of the nicest, sweetest people in the business. Uh, uh, Smiley Kali Ray is one of those people that has the sort of reputation as one of the nicest people in the business. Sasha has a reputation as being having a bad not attitude. So nice. Not so nice. Not, not nice to fans, and I would assume if you're not nice to fans, you're probably not nice to your coworkers either. I'm, again, I'm not saying, well, I'm not trying to hammer with you because I don't know her. And I, I, haven't, I haven't interacted with her, and I don't know. You know, sometimes people just have sour grapes because they want too much out of what they think wrestlers should give them. But I've heard those rumblings. That would make that would make a lot more sense as far as why they don't keep the belt on her as opposed to other reasons. Because for all the reasons that Brian said, she has pretty much all the tools. She has a skill in the ring. She has the talent. She has the wrestling ability. She has mic skills. So there's really no reason why she shouldn't have more extended runs. But it might be a situation where if you have a bad attitude, your employer doesn't trust you that long in the long term. They give her a bunch of runs, but never I've heard multiple. Um, I've heard multiple people complain that Sasha does not get along with the other women in the WWE. When they, she does all her contractual stuff. She, you know, basically, according to the report that I cannot confirm or deny, Sasha shows up, does her job, and goes home. She doesn't hang out with the other girls. She doesn't do anything extra with everybody. They, oh, we're all going to go have drinks. And Sasha's more like, well, I'm going to go home with my husband and do all the stuff. I don't want to hang out with y'all. I just want to show up, do my job, and go home. That's the reports on Sasha Banks's the way that Sasha Banks carries herself. It's also been reported that she is difficult to work with because she always has her ideas and it doesn't always quite click with creative. So she is unbelievably talented, but she does not, you know, just automatically agree to everything that's going on allegedly. And there's nothing wrong wanting to have your family time and have your you time, but if you know you have that reputation, or 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 if you're just paying attention, sometimes you have to force yourself out of that comfort zone just every now uh-huh. and again, just to sort of build that relationship, build a relationship. You might not yeah. want to go out drinking every night, but you might want to pick one night that month. week or, or a couple nights that month, just you know to sort of. Get along mm-hmm. to go along, just because people, just so people won't think that you're stuck off, or people think you have that attitude. Because, like I said, I'm the that kind of guy. I would be, I would be where your health and safety relies on your coworkers. Exactly, because I'm the kind of person I'm content to hang out at, at my house. The, the coronavirus quarantine hasn't really affected me all that much. Obviously, I have rugby and comedy stuff that I would like to be doing, and occasional wrestling show I would like to go to. But for the most part, most nights of the week, if I'm at home, 
I have no problem with that. But I also know I have multiple friends and different relationships in my life where people like to go out and do stuff. So every now and again, even though I might not feel like it, I go out and do stuff with them because I know they want it and that makes them feel better. It, it, it builds a relationship. It's not like I don't have fun when I do that at times, but it's just a situation where you might feel like you're going to, you, you might, even she might feel that way. She might actually go out and have fun when she does it. But for some time you got to, it's just that step. You got to push yourself to go do it. Even when you don't want to, and she might not be willing to do that. And that might, might, might be creating a problem. But anyway, we got 90 seconds. So let's go ahead and, Make these last few predictions really, really fast. We got uh, Braun Strowman, champion versus the Dean Bray Wyatt. Who you got, Brian? You first. Uh, I'm I'm going with um the Fiend. Okay, and who you got, Chris? What? I'm gonna go Bray too. Anyway, last match here versus here, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. Who you got? Sonya. Mandy. I'm going Mandy because Mandy already got her hair cut. So I'm going uh, Science getting her hair cut this time. Although the only thing that made me think maybe they might switch is because this this most recent event, maybe they decide to have sympathy for her and change the direction of the gimmick. But I think they're going to, if they stay with the original plan, Mandy already had her hair cut. Now it's time, for, time to hurt Science. Anyway, you've been listening to Wrestler Problems. Thanks for joining us. And that has been a packed double edition show. So talk to you guys later. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock. I like you, and I want you. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.